Thank you. Again, good morning. We will be quick as long as I hear some amens, okay? We have Baptists. We can even say hallelujah if you want to. You know, the, the, the sad thing about us is that we let the Pentecostals take over our joy. Come on. Help me now. You can say hallelujah if you want to. You know, to be honest, there was a lot of struggle as I studied this message. Uh, and one of the things that I did is that I messaged Pastor and said, Pastor, I'm going to be preach, preaching on, on this message. If Pastor said, no, you cannot, then that's a sign that, you know, that it's not on. But he said, you know, I'm be, I'll be praying for you that God will use you, and that, you know, that the church will be challenged and be blessed. So I take that as a cue from God that this is the right message. But even during the week, I still struggle about it. Folks, this is not an easy message to preach. It's not an easy message to preach. I haven't heard any message being preached on this subject. There is a verse in the Bible that gives me some great peace. That as I preach this message, you will take it to heart. That verse is in Psalm 119, verse 165. And all of those who knew the verse will say that, yeah, that's right. Psalm 119, verse 165, the Bible says, Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Now, I, it's not my intention to offend you this morning, believe me. I want, to, I want to be a blessing to you. But I, at the same time, I want to challenge you. You know, sometimes we, we, we shoot the messenger instead of listening to the message. Brother Pastor Mark, right? We, the, the, we do that. We shoot the messenger. We, we, you know, we close our ears and say, you know, I've known that already. Folks, there's nothing new under the sun. But I believe, like I said, that this is the message that God wants us to have and to learn this morning. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I say it again. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. These are the precious words that fell from the lips of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. He said emphatically, I will build my church. Who owns the church, folks? Come on, talk to me. Like I said, we'll be, we'll be done in 10 minutes if you want to. Who owns the church? Jesus Christ. Isn't it? He paid for it with his own precious blood. He said, 
the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He declares with authority that his church will not be destroyed or taken by the forces of hell. Satan cannot kill God's church. The world, the world cannot kill the church. But then I found that in Revelation chapter 3 verse 1, if you care to go into Revelation chapter 3 verse 1, Revelation chapter 3 verse 1 says, And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, This thing saith he that, that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest. And look at the next word. And art dead. And art dead. So, churches die, folks. The question I'd like to ask to you this morning is, who can kill the church? Who has the power to kill the church? I have bad news for you. Churches are killed from the inside, not from the outside. I say it again. Churches are killed from the outside, inside, not from the outside. We are the ones, folks. We are the ones that kill, that can kill. Southland Baptist Church. We are the ones, folks. And we better listen to the warnings of the Bible because it's up to us whether that door will still be open for the generations to come. We can kill the church. Remember, this building is not the church. We are the church, folks. We are the church. Therefore, we are the only one that can kill Southland Baptist Church. Well, like I said, we need to take heed to the warnings of the Word of God in order for us to avoid the destruction of Southland Baptist Church. The title of the message this morning is What Can Kill Southland Baptist Church? As you can see, What Can Kill Southland Baptist Church? Let's pray. Father God, we come before you asking that you would indeed bless your worthy people we invite you, Holy Spirit, to dwell in our midst this morning. Teach us. Challenge us. Rebuke us if need be. God, you know our needs. You know where we are at this moment. Concerning our relationship with you and our relationship with other Christians here at church. And so, Father, I ask that you, Lord, give me the liberty. Give me the unction, the power of the Holy Spirit. That I may preach your, bold, your word with boldness. 
and the result is that we will change more into the image of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In His name, I pray and ask all of these things. Amen. What can kill Southland Baptist Church? Have you ever thought of that? There are many things that I'll probably say this morning that you will not agree with me, but that's fine. Are you ready? What can kill Southland Baptist Church? Firstly, division. Division. The Bible clearly says that a house divided against itself shall not stand. Mark chapter 3, verse 25. Folks, division within the church is one of the most serious problems that we can face as a church, if not the most serious. Now you may ask, why, why did I say that? Why it is the most, one of the most serious, or if not the most serious? Let me tell you why. Division can devastate the church fellowship. Division can devastate the church worship. Division can devastate the church's mission and witness to the world unless it is solved quickly. The Apostle Paul, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, chapter 10 pleaded with the Corinthian believers to maintain unity in the church. This is what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Now I beseech you, Brethren, I call them brothers and sisters. I plead with you by the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And this is what said, that ye all, he didn't say some, that ye all speak the same thing. And, and hear the next words, and that there be no division among you, and that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind, and in the same judgment. And he gave the reason in verse, in verse 13. He says, because it came up to me that there is contentions among you. So he said, I beg you, maintain unity. To speak the same thing, allow for no division among you, and be perfectly joined together doesn't require everyone to believe just like everyone else. Brethren, there is a difference between having opposing views and being divisive. Thank you. As a church, we will not completely agree on every issue. But you know what? We can work together harmoniously if we agree on what truly matters. And what matters most is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
Brethren, as a church, let us endeavor to talk and behave in a way that will produce, that will reduce arguments and increase unity. I say these petty differences should never, I say should never divide us. When we are divided, we are an easy target for Satan. Worse is that a church that is divided will not be blessed by God. I say it again. A church divided will not be blessed by God. He says to them, brethren. Brethren is an endearing word. He's speaking to all believers, male and female. Folks, all of us, all of us that put their faith and trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ are part of God's family. Some of you doesn't believe that. I say it again. We are part of God's family. Man, you have no choice. I'm part of your family, of God's family. You are my brother. You are my sister. Someone said this, to dwell with the saints above, that will be glory. To dwell with saints below, that will be another story. Yep. You know, I believe, or I should say, it grieves me. It grieves me. Friends, I see brothers and sisters in Christ cannot I say cannot see eye to eye with someone else. But you know what? I believe that God is grieved more the more. When his children being disunited, being divided, fragmented. Folks, that is not the desire of God for us as his children. He wants us to be united. He wants us to be united. Folks, we share a unity that runs even deeper than that of old blood brothers and sisters. You know, I'm not related to you by blood. But I'm related to you by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we united? Or there are, there are some fragmented section of our church. In Philippians 2, verse 2, Paul says this, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, united, of one mind. 
Back in chapter 1, verse 27, at the end of the verse, Paul says, Ye stand fast in one spirit, with one man striving together for the faith of the gospel. Paul is admonishing, encouraging the believers to fight side by side, striving or contending for the faith. The sad thing in our churches today is much time and effort is lost by fighting against one another in the church instead of uniting to fight against the real opposition. Folks, it takes a courageous church to resist in fighting and to maintain a common, a common purpose to serve Christ. It takes courage. In chapter 3 of, of 1 Corinthians, let's go in there. Chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. I want you to show you something that I believe will help us to maintain unity in the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In here, Paul is condemning the church because there is division in the church. Chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, beginning in verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as, even as unto babes in Christ. He called them babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat. He said, I should have fed you with meat, but you cannot take it. For ye the two, ye are not able to bear it, neither ye yet now are ye able. Verse 3, for ye are yet carnal for, for us. And he gave the reason why. There is among you envying and strife and division. Are ye not yet, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then, is, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But minister by whom ye believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. I planted, Apollos watered, but gave the increase. So then neither he that planted anything, neither he that watered, but God, give, but God that gave it increase. Now he that planted and he that watered are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. Did you hear that? For we are laborers together with God. We are part of God's family, folks. We should be united. We should be united. He said, you are babies. And Paul said, because you quarrel like children. Have you seen when children quarrels? They throw everything away. And he said, you are babes. That's why I couldn't fed you, fed you with milk, uh, with, with meat. But I fed you with 
milk. Brethren, we should not be divided because we have, we have one Messiah and one Savior. We should not be divided because we have one Lord, not two Lords. We should not be divided because we have one faith, not two faiths. We should not be divided because we have one mission, and that is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Folks, we should not be divided because we have one message, and that message is the message of the cross. Paul says this, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. First Corinthians 2, verse 2. Brethren, I need to tell you this. I must tell you this. We are being watched. People from the outside are watching us. You believe that? And you know what? They are not looking at the good things that we are doing. They're looking at the things that they can throw at the face of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. The question is, what do they see? Do they see us united for the cause of Christ? Do they see us striving, contending together for the faith once delivered unto the saints? Do they see us working together for the glory of God? Do they see us having one mind, one heart, one spirit? Or do they see us fragmented, divided? My prayer is that that is not the case with Southland Baptist Church. When we become angry and we become divided, we not only lose our joy, but we also lost our effectiveness. When we are divided, when there is absence of unity among us, our credibility is worthless, our testimony is useless, and our examples are a waste of time. I say it again, when we are divided, our credibility is worthless, our testimony is useless. Our examples are a waste of time. Brethren, the gospel is good news. 
but there is no good news in fuming, in fussing, and fighting. Now I know we are not a per perfect church because we are a church filled with imperfect people. But you know what? We need to learn how to get along with each other. You know, where are the amens now? We need to learn to get along with each other. Thank you. We need to learn how to die to self. We need to learn to esteem each other better than ourselves. We need to learn how to forgive one another. How to live for Christ and in the process mature in our faith for the glory of the kingdom of God. We believe the Bible, don't we? Come on. We believe the Bible, don't we? How, can, how come then that the Bible says, if it be possible, live peaceably with all men, and that we, we cannot? What? The Bible is just for us to read in our pastime? Then the Bible says, be not yet be not hearers only, but doers as well. We are being commanded to be united, not fragmented, not divided. And yet there are times that we are the one causing the church to be divided. How can we proclaim reconciliation to others when we ourselves are not being are not reconciled? How can, we tell that the, how can we tell the world that the, that the wages of sin is dead when we are busy trying to kill each other, to destroy each other? How can we call the world to unity when we remain disunited and divided? Brethren, I want to let you know this morning that together we can stand. Did you get that? Together we can stand, but divided we will fall. It is imperative then that we be united. If we want to stand against Satan, then we as a church, we, we must, I say we must remain united. There is strength in unity. There is strength in unity in numbers. And folks, if we desire to impact the community in which we live in, our city, our country, our world, for the cause of Christ, we must, we must stand together. Church, there is no lone ranger in the army of God. No lone ranger in the army of God. 
Let me say this. I believe with all my heart that God is doing a great work here at Southland Baptist Church. And, and you should be saying amen to that. But I also believe that God can do a greater work. That God can do a greater work if we are united. I hope you're getting a clue on, on, on what I'm saying. You want greater works? You want greater things to be done by God amongst us? Then let's endeavor to be united. Let's put aside petty issues, petty differences, and let's, and let's bind together for the cause of Christ. Folks, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. Jesus Christ. Him and crucified. And yet there are many times that we hinder the work of God because we are not united. We disagree on, every, on, on, on anything. Folks, a church divided will not be blessed by God. Mark my word. The greatest hindrance to vision is division. I say it again. The greatest hindrance to vision is division. A united church is a force that is terrible to behold against the power of darkness. Likewise, a divided church is impotent and ineffective. Brethren, I cannot overemphasize the importance of us being united for the cause of Christ. Do you know that unity is so important that the Lord Jesus Christ prayed a prayer for us that we be united. He did. The prayer, only prayer recorded, prayed by the Lord Jesus Christ for us before he ascended to heaven, is that we be united. I invite you to the, to the book of John, chapter 17. The book of John, chapter 17. Now, if this point of being united is the only thing that you will get from this message, it will be worth it all. It will be worth it all, I'm telling you. The book of John, chapter 17. The book of John, chapter 17. Beginning in verse 20. Neither pray I for this alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their words. Verse 21. That they all, didn't say some, maybe one, that they all may be one, 
as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Why? That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. If I understand my Bible correctly, the Lord Jesus said, you know, People will believe if those whom you gave to me will become one. Folks, a united church is a powerful witness to the world. I say it again. A united church is a powerful witness to the world. The great desire and the great prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ is that all of us who put their faith and trust in him will be one. Will be one. He wants us to be unified as a powerful witness to the reality of God's love. The question that we need to ask ourselves then is this. Are you helping? Am I helping in unifying the body of Christ, the church, Southland Baptist Church? Do you? Do I? Brethren, you and I can foster a climate of unity here at Southland Baptist Church, by praying for other Christians, by building others up, by working together in humility, by lifting up the name of Christ, and by refusing to guide sidetrack, arguing over divisive issues. The Bible says in Psalm 133 verse 1, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. David stated, it is pleasant and it is precious. The sad thing is that unity doesn't exist in the church the way it should be. People disagree and cause division over petty and unimportant issues. The worst thing is that some delight in causing division, tension, by discrediting others. And you know what? The result is division. And by the way, being united doesn't mean that we will agree on everything. No, it's not. There will be many opinions, just as there are many notes in a musical chord. However, we must agree on our purpose in life. To work, to, to work together for God. Our outward expression of unity will reflect our inward unity of purpose. Can you imagine the orchestra, you know, the, 
the violin will play the, their own, you know, the, whatever the instrument, you know, the, the clarinet will play their own. You think that will going to be, you know, nice to hear? You think it will be? Come on, talk to me. I said a while ago, we're going we're gonna to be until 1 o'clock if you don't say amen. No. The reason that there is a sweet, you know, sweet uh, music that we hear is because all of them are in unity. All of them are in unison. And that should, that should be the way the church it should be. Forget petty issues. Forget petty differences. Let's work together for the cause of Christ. Is there not a cause? I asked you this morning. There is a cause. The glory of God. The glory of God. As I studied this message, I found out that concerning unity is that I found out that, you know, and you may say, well, you know what, that, that is not a Baptist church. Yeah. Well, you know, you may disagree or, dis- agree or disagree with me. You know, the first Baptist church in Jerusalem, in the book of Acts, they don't have building like us. Uh, they don't have their own building like us. You know, they don't have their orchestra. You know, they don't have padded pews. You know, chair, whatever it is, you know, they don't have the latest technology that we have. And yet, they turn the world upside down for Christ. You know why? They have the spirit of unity. They are united. They even drive the same car. It says they are with one accord. You know, no, 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 no. That's not on. No, no, no. Folks, they are united. No wonder, no wonder they turned the world upside down for Christ. Many came to know the Lord Jesus Christ because of their unity. And folks, what a lesson for us to learn this morning. That if you want to see souls getting saved, the Bible says, and daily... The Lord added to the church. Where are the daily souls being saved? Come on, folks. Where are the daily souls being saved and added to the church? The reason why there are souls getting saved daily and added to the church is because they are united. They are united. And can I say this morning that if Southland Baptist Church were to be an effective witness for the cause of Christ, if Southland Baptist Church were to be a light that shines in this dark world, if Southland Baptist Church were to be a lighthouse to those trying to find their way to Christ, 
We must have unity. We must be united. Folks, God's purpose and God's glory are greater than our minor differences. What can kill Southland Baptist Church? First of all, Southland Baptist Church can be killed by division. Can be killed by division. Second thing that can kill that can kill Southland Baptist Church. Pride. Pride. Proverbs 16, 18. The Bible says, Pride goeth before destruction and haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 29, verse 23. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Proverbs 15, 25. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. Yes, folks, pride can kill SBC, Southland Baptist Church. Pride is a very dangerous sin that, in my opinion, is doing more damage to destroy marriages than any other sin. Doing more to ruin nation than any other sin. Causing more Christians to live in failure and defeat than any other sin. Doing more to populate hell than any other sin. Doing more to hold back revival than any other sin. Doing more to destroy than any other, than any other destroy families than any other, than any other sin. And doing more to kill, destroy churches than any other sin, and that sin is called pride. Pride. What is pride? Pride is an attitude of independence from God. Pride is an attitude of independence from God. Pride says, I don't need you, God. Get out of my life. I don't need you, God. I can do it my way. I can do it in my strength. An attitude of independence from God. Pride is spirit of ungratefulness to God. We have so many things that we act like we deserve it. We think we have earned it and it is ours. Paul asks this most sobering question. He says, he asks, what do you have that you don't, what do you have that you don't have received? You may say, well, you know what? I'm the one who worked for it. Who gave you the strength? Who gave you the abilities? Who gave you the talent? 
Did you create them for yourself? No. It was given to you by God. It was given to you by God. Pride is steaming ourselves better than others. I say it again. Pride is esteeming ourselves better than others. Pride will kill Southland Baptist Church. Why? Because it is not about our wisdom, our power, or abilities. It is about God working amongst us. It is God's working amongst us. I will make a statement that you may disagree with me for now. And that statement is this. Every church split, the major factor involved in it is pride. I say it again. Every church split, the major factor involved in it is pride. It is, folks. You know, when you, when you are not being, you know, being asked to teach on that Sunday school, and you say, well, you know what? Hmm. I know more than her or him. That's pride. When you, when you are not being recognized and others are being recognized and say, hmm, you know what? I did that before and no one noticed me. That's pride. Pride can kill Southland Baptist Church. And by the way, I can prove that pride is the major factor in church split. You may say, how do you know that? Yes, Proverbs 13 verse 10. Only by pride cometh contention. Proverbs 28:25, He that is of a proud heart is stirred up strife. Brethren, pride is a dangerous thing. Pride can lead us, can lead to destruction and even cause withdrawn blessing from God. And by the way, do you know where pride originated? Originated from heaven. Hmm, folks, did you know that? Lucifer. He took with him how many angels? The third of the angels with him because of pride. He said, I will be like. I will be like. I will be like. I will be like. And then God had to humble him. Thrown him out. Oh, heaven.
folks, my prayer is that may we not come to a point in our lives as individuals and as a church that we become independent from God. And by the way, you know the favorite words of a proud person? There are three words. I, me, myself. Yes, folks. Someone wisely said, a proud person is like a traffic light. And he said, you can see 200 meters away. The way they walk, the way they talk, their mannerism, shows when a person is proud. A classic example of a proud person is found in Luke 18, and we all know that. It's the parable of the Pharisee and the publican. The Pharisee said, I thank thee God. And he said, you know, I tithe, you know, I give my, my offering, you know, I fast twice a week, I do all these things. And then he said, not as this publican. Do you know that the Pharisee didn't went to the temple to pray to God? He went to the temple to announce to all those within an earshot how good he was. That's his intention. His, his intention is, is not to, to give thanks to God. To show to others that he was better than the publican. While the publican could not even look up to heaven, Towards seven. But he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And folks, what a lesson for us to learn. That even when we accomplish great things for God, we should not be blowing our own horn. Dr. Bob John Sr. says, Beware of a person who bow down to his superior, but look down on his inferior. Folks, no one amongst us, no one amongst us has the right to look down on a brother or a sister. Only God sits that high. And by the way, the only time I believe that you need to look down is when you are giving a helping hand. Pride will kill Southland Baptist Church. Somebody says this, Swallow your pride, it is not fattening. Swallow your pride, it's not fattening. You don't get fat if you swallow your pride. If I swallow my pride, unless I eat six times a day. First Peter 5 5, a good verse for us to, to recall to memory when we are getting proud of ourselves. But God resisted 
the proud, but giveth, give it grace unto the humble. God resisted the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. What can kill Southland Baptist Church? First of all, division. Second, pride. And third, and we, 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 we're nearly done. I promise you. I, I heard probably seven amens since I started to preach. I thought it might be ten, but you know. Thirdly, critical, judgmental spirit. Critical, judgmental spirit. The book of Matthew, chapter 7. Critical, judgmental spirit. Matthew, chapter 7. Verse 1. Judge not the evil not judge, for with the judgment ye, shall, ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with the measure you meet, shall be measured to you again. Verse 3. And why beholdest thou the motive that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own, in, in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thy, thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Critical, judgmental spirit. Now, what is a critical spirit? A critical spirit is an obsessive attitude of criticism and Fault finding. It is nitpicking, folks. A little mistake by others, you notice it. When do they when they don't comb the hair on the right side, you notice it. When they are not in the church, you notice it. But you don't notice when you are not around. In the church. That's nitpicking. Critical, judgmental spirit will kill the church. The Lord's statement, judge not, is against the hypercritical, judgmental attitude that tends to tear others, to tear others, others down in order to build oneself up. You know why we criticize others? Because we want to build ourselves. Folks, that's not what God wants us to do. The Bible says that we need to esteem others better than ourselves. We need to put others' interests first before our own. And yet, there are many times we do the other way around. The only criticism that is ever constructive is that we express in love to build up, not to pull down. It is always expressed face to face, never behind the back of a person. Folks, if you have, if you have some, you know, something to say, Critical, something, uh, something critical to say to another person, go to them, please. 
not talk behind their back, or, 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 or get someone on your side. Come on, folks. You know what I'm talking about. I've been there. You've been there. Let's stop it. Because God is not pleased. God will not bless us. The person with a critical spirit usually dwells on the negative. The person with a critical spirit looks for faults in other people instead of what is good in others. When we become critical, we need to examine our own motive and conduct instead of judging being critical of others. Folks, we need to be careful. We need to be careful that we don't have that unmerciful fault-finding, nitpicking, critical spirit within the church. Within the church. You know, in my years as Christians, I found out every church has inspectors. You know what I call them? Splinter specialists. They are part of the FBI. No. Fundamentalist Bureau of in Investigation. I'm having fun. Folks, our goal is at Southland Baptist Church should be to build up people, build up a people who are like Christ. This means we are to be a people in a church who radiate mercy, kindness, and forgiveness to other people, especially to Christians when they fall. We want to be the type of church and the type of people to whom people run to and not from and they falter. When people's weaknesses are brought to light, brought in the open, we want them to know that they can come here and be received with love. We want to be a church so we will not criticize the weakness of others. We want to be a church who will not criticize the failure of others a church that, and people that will not shy away from sinners and, and point the accusing finger. But neither will we condone excuse sin. Instead, folks, we will be understanding, compassionate, and merciful, who will lend a helping and a hopeful hand. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. 
Ephesians 4.29. Brethren, we bring out the best in people, not with condoning words of criticism, but with words of grace seasoned with salt. Colossians 4.6, the Bible says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. What will you do when that adulterous woman, if we are, if we live on that, on that day, what will you do? I know what you and I will do. We say, stone, stone her. Isn't it? That's what we do. Instead of God be merciful to her sinner. You know the people that brought the, the, the woman to the Lord? They didn't want justice. No, they don't. They brought her to the Lord so that he will get what he deserve, she deserves. And folks, let not be the one that will throw stones at others. Let us not be the one that will throw stones at others. Can I tell you right now? Here in this building, there are Christians who are discouraged. There are Christians who are hurting. They're wounded. They're about to give up. They're about to quit. They're ready to wave the white flag. What do they need? Do they need condoning words? Is that what they need? Do they need words of negativity? Know what they need from us, folks? It's for you and I to say, I appreciate you. Thank you. For doing the best you can serve. I appreciate you. Critical, judgmental spirit. 
when you begin to become critical with other people, it's good to remember the word think. T stands for, it is, is it true? H stands for, is it helpful? Not hurtful. I stands for, is it inspiring? Does it build others up? N stands for, is it necessary? K stands for, is it kind? Think. What I'm trying to impress upon your heart, upon every heart this morning is this. There is a need for us to refrain from negativity and having a self-righteous spirit. Folks, we need, we need to demonstrate the truth of Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife of vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let it sit, let let each esteem other better than themselves. Brethren, vain glory will kill Southland Baptist Church, but genuine humility will build it up. Being humble, lowliness of mind means having a right perspective on ourselves. Being humble doesn't mean that we should put ourselves down. I have good news for you this morning, especially those who are struggling. You are important to God. You are valuable to God. You know why? He gave his life for you and for me. Not only that, but he is not ashamed to call you brothers, his brothers and his sisters. Do you know that? You have great value. In the eyes of God. You are somebody. And I say, yes, you are somebody. You are joint heirs with Christ. You may not have all the world in this world to offer, but with Christ, you have everything. You have everything. Now my challenge for you is this. As God's children, we are to lay aside selfishness, treating others with respect and common courtesy. We need to consider other interests more important than our own because in doing that, we exemplify, exemplify through humility. 
Remember what the Lord did after the disciples, you know, came, you know, their feet were dusty. What did the Lord do? He put a towel and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Folks, that is true humility. That is true humility. Second is, what will you do now? What will you do now? You have heard. What will action? What action will you take? Will you say, "Well, you know what? It's good we heard that, brother June." When we don't act on what we receive, we learn. It means nothing. It means nothing. But I pray to God, that is not the case with us. What can kill Southland Baptist Church? Division, pride, critical, judgmental spirit. Brother AJ, you come. Thank you, Pastor June, for that sermon. Great reminder. Let's all bow our heads, close our eyes, and let the Holy Spirit work for this time. The piano will begin to play. <clears throat> Church, I'm just going to ask you, if the Lord spoke to your heart, you, you want to testify, you say, Brother EJ, the Lord spoke to my heart about my thinking, the way that I am. And, and I, I find myself being a critic of the church. And I know it's wrong. I know it's not, it's not profitable for anyone. I just want to, I want to get that right today. Is there anyone humble enough to say that? If that's you, just raise your hand. Say, Brother EJ, please pray for me. I see that hand over there. That's, that's great. I see that hand over there. If that's you, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you to come. You just come, just come and pray. It's okay. As the Lord's working in your heart this morning, you just submit to that. You get things right. He said, "Brother EJ, I've I've been a victim of this in our church, and I haven't let it go. I haven't let it go yet. Can you please pray for me? Is that you this this morning? Is that you?" that's you this morning just raise your hand there's no one else looking around just you and me and God there's some things in my heart that I need to sort out I pray that's the case but church as as you begin to pray um, I open up the altar if, you, if, if the Lord's leading you to come to the altar please come if there's some things that you need to sort out please get it sorted out today don't wait Church, I love for God to use us tremendously. But that won't happen if we have sin in our heart. That won't happen. And, and for those that are, that are struggling right now, we don't say that much here. But we appreciate you. Thank you for coming to church. Thank you for being here. For listening to the services. Thank you for doing that. It's the best thing you can do 
is be at church when you don't want to be here. Let the piano continue to play as people pray. <laughs>